Tutors of Life podcast, where we research life so you don't have to. Episode 175, this is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. So, Not much, how about you? Not much. Oh, this is a tutor episode where Good we job. try to teach you something new. Proud of you. Sorry, I got there. <clears throat> I'm just very confused because now I have to look this way to you, the camera's over there, and then the screen's over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, fuck daylight savings time yep um that threw off my fucking vibe today yeah it threw off our whole day and sean and i were so excited because we're like oh we'll sleep in this will be great and then we realized we slept in two hours later than we wanted to well it would have been it would have been just an hour but it was two because we forgot it was daylight savings because we were gonna get up at six and then we're like uh We'll just sleep until seven. Right. But it was eight. Huh. Yeah, I set my alarm for six thirty. And I was gonna do seven thirty. And that's when I got out. Was seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Which was eight thirty. Which was eight thirty. Mm-hmm. No, I got up at seven thirty. Cause I set my alarm for six thirty. And it woke me up at six thirty and I'm like, wait, this isn't real life. <clears throat> Are you following what I'm saying? So I slept for one more hour to bring it to what really would have been 6.30, which was 7.30. Okay. Anyways. What are we talking about today, Sean? That was ridiculous. That was. <clears throat> okay, guys. What you just learned there is Sam slept in and I just lost an hour. I mean, you did sleep in. Why not? I slept until 6.30. Yeah. But the real time was 7.30 because of daylight savings time. Anyways. Fucking brutal, dude. Daylight savings time fucks me up. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. So I drank a monster to try and make me feel better. I swear to God it made me more tired. I agree. How is that possible? Okay, what are we talking about today, Sean? I'm asking you, how is that possible? I don't know. It's annoying. Do you want that to be our topic today? No, I should just drink coffee, though. I agree. Coffee would have tasted coffee better. Coffee usually always does me right. Mm-hmm. It's because it's more natural. But monsters just taste so good. They taste way they too taste good. They taste so fucking good. <clears throat> uh, we're going to talk about running numbers in real estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For rentals and for buying. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's just kind of, I would say, a weird time. A different time. It's just different. Yeah. People aren't used to it. Yeah. The rules that were in place a year, two years ago just aren't real anymore. Yeah. Uh, and Sean and I didn't really, I don't know if we didn't realize it, but I guess I didn't know how much it was going to affect us until we broke down one of our um, flips that we wanted to make an Airbnb. And we broke down the numbers. We're like, how does how is this just not possible? Like, why is this not working? And then we thought about it and with interest rates being so high. Um it's just you can't do the same like quick math as you used to be able to do. Yeah, it's interest rates really uh, throw a throw a pick on things. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just making sure things are working. Yeah, so um, talk a little bit about interest rates, a little bit about taxes, um, insurance, things to think about and whatnot. <clears throat> but um, so the big thing that got me thinking about it was uh. I'm reading this book, AJ Borrowed Me, Investing in Fixer Uppers by J.P. 
Decima. 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 And uh, when was it written? Did you say early 2000s? Uh, or 1990s? I'll find out in a second. It was written in 2003. Okay. And he started flipping, I believe, in the 80s. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like the beginning of the 80s, I'm pretty sure. So that, I mean, 20 years of experience, that's pretty pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty damn good. So what have you learned so far, Sean? He's uh, flipping through the pages. Okay, so. no, so back, um, he started his house flipping career back in the 1970s. Yeah. Oh, so 30 years of experience. Yeah, yep. That's pretty good. Yeah, what's cool about the book, though, is so he he invested in times where the interest rates were high. Mm-hmm. And so rolling into now, interest rates are getting high. And everybody, you know, people are like, well, yeah, but interest rates were tend to be double digits, right? Like everybody says that. Like um, if you look at the last 50 years, interest rates on average were double digits for the last 50 years and mm-hmm. so like we should be blessed with seven percent interest okay yes however housing prices have gone up so much in comparison that seven percent or that like the interest of seven percent is a way bigger hit than interest at ten percent on how low the house prices were back then mm-hmm and so that's something that like people that that i'm not really agreeing with what people say is they're like yeah well this is still low interest in comparison to the last 50 years yeah okay cool but housing prices are up a couple hundred percent oh yeah so if we used to buy fifty thousand dollar houses at ten percent but now that same house that was fifty thousand is now two hundred thousand at seven percent, yeah. Well, um, I'd take the fifty thousand at ten percent. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, did you find that? Uh, I f- all I could find was three toots rental budget. Oh. And what what were you looking for? Property taxes. Do we have a document of just property taxes? No, you told me like a breakdown for like TTH that one time, and how much percentage. No, well, I figured I would just do that with like three toots house, uh, three toots house. Okay. Does that work? It should work. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just got to do some math so you can talk. All right. Sick. Um, the big thing with running numbers in real estate is a lot of people, like when I first started in real estate three years ago, uh, they were talking about the 1% rule all the time. So a good like rule of thumb to know if a deal is somewhat worth it or could be worth it is for every $100,000 you pay on a property, you need to receive $1,000 in month of rent. So for every $10,000 spent, you need $100 in rent a month. And so you buy a $150,000 house, you need $1,500 a month in rent. And it's kind of a, it was kind of this rule that was, if you just, if you somewhat followed that rule, the chance of you getting a bad deal was a lot slimmer um so but but when interest rates went down the last two years so much the one percent rule didn't really matter because your interest rate was so good 
that you could you could pay more and not get as much in rent and it didn't matter because the interest rates were so good. Now we are in a different time and you get like keep in mind this is all over like a seven month span that this is is it seven month span maybe? Of what? Like since interest rates started raising a lot? Mm, it's been a year. It's been a year? Yeah. Okay, so over a year we went from like you don't have to follow the one percent rule. Or like you like the one percent rule you can you don't like you can be over on um to okay, get close to the one percent rule to now you need to get under the one percent rule to make it work because the interest rates have gone so high. Mm-hmm. And so um in in that realm, in the, in that way of thinking, the only way to really be certain what you're doing is a good deal or is worth it is to break down every property you're interested in, run the numbers to the T of property taxes, insurance, property management, maintenance, capital expenditures, vacancy, um, if you have any utilities included, um, if you do lawn mowing, plowing, garbage, whatever, um, to break down all those expenses. And then once you have all that, you have your operating income, right? So you, you have your income. You have your income mm-hmm. that you get from the rent. You have all your expenses. And then you have after like you after you subtract the income by the expenses, you have your net operating income. Then you subtract your mortgage. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you have your cash flow after that. Yeah. And so the only really true way to know what you're doing, if it's a good deal or not, um, for a cash flowing property. If you're going on appreciation, you're doing a flip, this doesn't necessarily apply. But for a cash flowing property, the only like true good metric is to do a full analysis. Oh, yeah. On it. I mean, unless like it's just plain and simple. Like, if you're gonna get a thousand dollars a month in rent for a two hundred thousand dollar property, uh, yeah, don't do it. It's not worth it. You're gonna lose so much money. It's not even not even viable. Yeah, no. Um, you figure something out. So, um, did you want me to do it for uh, what we get for rent income, property taxes versus? Yeah. Yep. Um. So both of these ones are at ten percent. Both of them are ten percent mm-hmm. for property taxes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know that. TTH the four the four unit was significant like yeah which quite a bit higher I might be able to find that one quick well that one the rents are super low though right now yeah super oh super sure low. yeah 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 but we factored it in with the new rent whatever anyways TTH what uh what what I read in the book was the average property tax they factored seven percent for property tax so the gross income in this book. And 4% for your insurance. And then um, 10% for repairs, 5% for maintenance. And then you got your oh. uh, property property management uh, fee, your utilities fees. Um, but the big thing is, and what we realized this year, was Kyle and I, we, we had like, we, we bought a four unit together. And... We had what our cash flow would be after we raised rents to where we wanted it. 
and then we had a, like a 40% increase on our taxes. Mm-hmm. And we knew the taxes were going to go up a little bit from us buying them, uh, but we had no idea it was going to go up that much. And so that wiped out, um, oh, it was like 300 dollars a month that we expected three hundred dollars extra a month we expected for cash flow that we now miss out on yeah <clears throat> yeah tth is 14 percent. 14 percent for property tax yeah yeah um but it's just kind of wild that like if you so so like in today's age with taxes the government says like landlords shouldn't be able to raise rents that much at one time Mm -hmm. um but the state and the county can raise property taxes 40 percent right um i don't do a whole lot of 40 percent rent increases unless the property is like very very mismanaged right yeah um but which we just have the one right Mm -hmm. but like most properties most people aren't raising their rents 40 percent no but property taxes get raised forty percent. Mm-hmm. I I was watching Rankin's channel. His property taxes, um, one of them went up like a hundred percent. One of his properties went up sixty percent. Um, it's just crazy how much they increased his property taxes. Oh yeah. And so I mean that alone, right, can just ruin your fucking numbers. And then if you're covering utilities, if you're covering like XL. There was a couple big reasons we backed out of the seven unit, mm-hmm. and this was one, and so was the um, the XL, the insurance. So the utilities and the insurance were the big ones. Yeah, and then after we backed out, we realized um, we would have gotten fucked with property taxes too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but so what we realized with that, um, with the uh, utilities was... Then they didn't show us for sure, but um, from 2020 to 2021, mm-hmm. um, and we're in 2023. So yeah, sorry. From yeah, 2020 to 2021, utilities went up a little bit, nothing crazy. Yeah. But from 21 to 22, it doubled. Yeah. Utilities doubled, and then we. I was reading up on utilities. Um, before we closed on that property, reading up on utilities, and utilities were, uh, at least natural gas, was expected to double again, start of 2023. Right. And we're like, okay, well, that's really bad because they're telling us this, which they never showed us proof of any of it. They were just like verbally like, mm-hmm. this is what it was. And I'm like, well, if that doubles, we're fucked. Yeah. And then insurance already came back significantly higher than they than they had yeah. reported um but those couple things were like yeah the no go but if you're covering utilities for your rental and you didn't factor in that it was doubling this year for the natural gas mm-hmm. that can really make or break you oh in, yeah in the realms of like for most people investing there's people that invest who have a really good job and their extra income can cover a, a negative cash flowing property or, or a couple of them. Mm-hmm. But if you're like new into doing this, you've got a rental, you just saved up for a rental and you've got a job making 40, 50,000 a year and you're doing this for retirement, 
that shit can start to wreck you when your property taxes go up 40 percent your your uh utilities go up a hundred percent right insurance insurance last year went up 10 percent on average and then um so a bunch of insurance companies this is just from talking to a couple i talked to a couple agents about this um this year a couple of the companies quit writing rental policies because so many people were making claims on them and they actually are now um those ones are backing out and so insurance is even slimmer pickings than it was so it also went up because now it's like more of a fucking monopolistic type of thing right right and so insurance going up again so it's just these these numbers with these properties are going up yeah and then the biggest of them all is interest oh yeah and so so that was one um part of the reason we had to back out of the seven unit was because we didn't get the interest rate as low as we wanted yeah plus they required more down, didn't they? Actually? So we didn't get the interest rate, and then the term was not a twenty-five year term; it was a twenty-year term. Yep. And then the utilities and the property tax. Property tax, or no, no, the ins- insurance. Yeah. And then come to find out afterwards, property tax. Yeah. So there was like five things, and that was part of like we should have going forward to do more of these deals. I mean, we just learn on these things, but going forward for more of these deals. In my due diligence process, I'm going to require all that information to be provided to us up front. Yeah. Um, like right after the contract sign without, within like five days to have all that information from them, from the sellers, so that we have realistic numbers to go off of. Mm. <clears throat> so that You was, were trying for the whole time to get like uh, insurance. Yeah. Yes, I was. nobody was giving us answers. Mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was pretty shitty. Yeah. So yeah, because we didn't find out until like a, not even a week before, a couple yeah, days it was before. Like a couple days before we finally got insurance, and it was so outrageous, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a shit show. But um, so yeah, with running numbers for real estate, a lot of people, a lot of new investors, all they're thinking about is if my rent covers my mortgage. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah. Anything over that is like making money. Right. But that's so far from the truth because you have to factor in property taxes and insurance being raised. You have to factor in vacancy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because most likely that unit's not going to stay full forever. So you're going to maybe have like a couple weeks to a month of downtime yep. for vacancy. Um, you have your maintenance and capital expenditures because it's a fucking house. Yeah. Shit breaks all the damn time. And then you also have to keep in mind this is a business. So you need like you need to either be paid to run the business or pay somebody to run the business. Right. Property management. Yeah. And so if you're like looking at a property and to make it work you're not including capital extra maintenance. You're not including vacancy. You're not including um, property management. Yeah, dude, you're you're just trying to make a bad deal work. Oh yeah, you should not be doing that. Uh, that's uh, we kept trying with the seven unit because uh, we we did really want it and we kept 
being like, well, what if we raise the rents to this? Or what if we do this? And eventually we both just had to stop and we're just like, no, like we can't do these what ifs anymore because, um, it, it, you can just never depend on those. We, we knew the facts and we had to go based off of those facts. Mm-hmm. Um, sure you can do some what ifs, uh, like with Dutchman, we knew that those rents were going to increase significantly anyways. Oh, yeah. Because they were dirt. They were in the ground. Mm-hmm. But the seven unit, like, the rents weren't actually that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have been, they all could have been raised slightly, but they weren't that low. Right. And one thing you need to keep in mind is, um, Eau Claire's really, really bad with it, or I guess good with it. Um, when you buy a, a property, they base your property taxes off of what you bought it at, not what the value is. So um, there was something Sean and I were looking at, and I uh, I don't remember. What, it must have been just on Realtor, and it said, like, they were only paying, like, two grand in property taxes or something for this big thing. And I was just like, how is that possible? And then it shows you what it was last assessed at. And it was like a third of what they were asking. Mm -hmm. Just like, okay, well, those property taxes are going to go up 3x Mm -hmm. as soon as you buy it. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, Eau Claire is so fucking strict with it. Like, literally, as soon as you buy it, they're going up. Yeah. Well, and then they also do the like reappraisals or Mm -hmm. like, oh, we looked at your property. I had a couple properties where they're like, I had gotten valuations for a loan, and uh, the city of Eau Claire wanted more money, so they went around and assessed all the properties we had, Mm -hmm. and a couple of the assessments came back higher than what my valuations were. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, dude, if I just got evals done through the bank... But you're, ch- but you're saying my house is more than the company that just evaluated them to charge me more on taxes. You gotta be shitting me. Yeah. Like, like that's nickel and diming at that oh, point too, dude. Like, if we got the eval or the appraisal back, and you're saying it's worth more than that to charge me more on taxes, come on now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's uh. That's an interesting one. Mm. So, yeah, that's something you never can go off of what the buyer or the seller says they pay in property taxes because it's going to go up no matter what. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, it's been a really crazy year. Right now, um, Sean and I have even decided that we're probably not going to buy too many things right now with how high interest rates are unless we can get something like dirt cheap or hold anything. I shouldn't say buy anything, hold anything. Yeah. Um, just because it is it is hard for us to like rationalize like not uh how to phrase this it doesn't make sense number wise for most of the properties that are on the market um for us to do deals not even on the market most private property stuff yeah people are just asking too much money for what things are worth now um and that's the difference, I think, now compared to, like, what's happened in the past is usually when interest rates go up, uh, housing prices go down, um, at least a little bit. Because demand goes down. Right. But right now, the demand is still, I think demand is finally going down, but prices really aren't. 
Yeah, I don't know if demand's going down. Oh, there's a lot more houses on the market than there was like six months ago. Oh. It is also like winter time is the slowest time to buy a house, so. Right. Um. Yeah, there's probably that as part of it, but. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just something that uh, you really need to make sure you you are doing very very thoroughly Mm -hmm. um so you don't fuck yourself in the end right yeah yeah that's true Mm -hmm. um yeah and this year uh so we hold uh like we put into savings all of our property taxes insurance uh capex maintenance all that all those percentages we put those into our savings we even um, estimated a 10% increase for property taxes for all of our properties this year, which is probably still not going to be enough. I doubt it. Yeah, I bet you they'll raise more than that. Because yeah. Because you got to keep in mind, in Eau Claire, they passed the school bill. And the emergency services and one. And the emergency services. Yeah. So for every, So for every $100,000 in appraised value, um, it's $150 extra a year. I thought it was only twenty five. <sighs> For every hundred thousand, I thought it was twenty five dollars for every hundred thousand. No, I don't believe so. One hundred fifty seems ungodly high. Hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. No. Okay. Uh, we never kept the letter, but whatever. Anyways. It's pretty substantial, though. Yeah, I remember it being pretty substantial, because um, what's Let's see what's um because I remember I calculated it out and it ended up being like a four percent increase on most of our property taxes. So just just for that school bill alone was like a four percent increase, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> and then there was also the uh, emergency services that bill also passed, which that one didn't even tell us how much it was going to raise property taxes. No, no, but just said it was going to cost us taxes mm-hmm. and so those alone raised not to include if they decided to assess or raise in any other in other, any other ways uh but yeah we set all that stuff aside yeah um and i yeah i'm for it's for sure oh okay so i was closer oh for every hundred thousand it goes up forty dollars per year oh shit it's a lot less than i thought mm-hmm. so yeah um so, I mean, this house will probably have uh, the highest, I'm assuming. I guess I don't know what our house is appraised for right now. Sure. Um, but, yeah. So, that's still substantial when you have, I don't know how many properties we have. Ten properties in Eau Claire County? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, no, it's going to be sweet. But then, okay, so... The other way, though, that we can buy properties, and this is what the whole book's about. The book's all about seller financing. Okay, yeah. And so pretty much in the realm that that guy's in, all he was doing was seller financing and taking over people's loans. Mm. He was barely ever writing any new loans. And so he did that, obviously, because it was too goddamn expensive to write new loans. Mm. And so in this time and what we're entering into the best way to buy properties is to find people who want to sell over an extended period of time. Um, you could do a balloon bio, but this guy recommends not mm-hmm. to do an extended period of time and then do the seller financing 
and get it at like a lower interest rate than what the banks can offer. Okay, yeah. And get it for a low down payment. Because his whole method, he only keeps properties until the next boom, until the next high. Because then he'll sell them at the high and like recycle that money to shitty properties mm-hmm. in the low or like as it's going down yeah. to resell again when it's high. And so he like cycles through his properties in that realm by buying low, selling high. Yeah, right? that's cool. So it's a... It's a neat book. It's a neat concept. It's um, uh, it's similar to a, an investor. I remember I listened to Tony Robbins had a book on investing, and they talked about like the um, it's like the doomsday investor who only bought at the fucking bottom when there's blood in the streets. It's the only time he'd buy, and then he would sell when it's sunshine and rainbows. Everything, mm-hmm. and then he just wait. And it even said like, "Yeah, I've waited seven years. The one time he waited seven years to invest a single dollar. So all he did for seven years was just stack cash. That's awesome. Boom, blood in the streets. Everything he has throws in. Then he hangs out, waits multiple years, gets high. Boom, sells it all, starts the process over. Well, I mean, so we got to be getting closer to what happened in 2008 right or 2007 2008 with the crash in real estate yeah maybe maybe not i don't know okay i don't know i because i know what in the late 80s early 90s interest rates are really high too yep that's when they were at the highest <sighs> sorry I'm tired um so yeah i mean i'm just i guess i'm curious on how uh how things will end up being in the next like two three years? Pretty much all it's going to come down to is demand. Yeah, that's it. Supply and demand. Yeah, which they say what works short like five million houses right now for how many people are in the U.S. or some shit. I don't remember. I think but we looked it, it up one day. Yeah, so pretty much until supply is higher than demand, we won't see any major crashes. That's sad. As long as demand's high, I mean, we might. S- that's why prices haven't really been that different. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, there's been a a little bit of correction and not as much bidding, but there hasn't been a major drop off in prices in any of the areas mm-hmm. around us. Right. Because if you got a nice house, people are still buying it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Pretty much. Yeah. So, I don't know. I didn't do any examples of running numbers because, um, I don't know. I feel like people aren't really going to follow that. Yeah, really. no, it's going to be kind of hard on a podcast yeah. while you're listening to it. Um, Maybe you'll make a YouTube video of it one day. I probably could, yeah. The big thing is going to be do not buy a property unless you run your numbers completely. Bigger Pockets podcast has tools for running like rental numbers and burn numbers and flip numbers. And so if you aren't familiar on how to like run those, go to Bigger Pockets and check out the tools section and check out the the calculators they have because you have to be you have to be factoring in all aspects of operating the property Mm -hmm. and once you have all your operating done you need to factor in what your mortgage is going to be with the interest rates and how high they are just when we were calculating it out like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house 
with like property taxes of four grand, which is not uncommon around here. Very, very common. Now, yeah. And insurance of 900. I think it was around, and then PMI insurance, Mm -hmm. it was around like $2,100 a month. Yeah. For a mortgage. Um, And that's just the mortgage. That's not including covering your uh, expenses, Mm -hmm. your, your maintenance, your repairs, your property management, and your utilities. So you're telling me for a $250,000 house, you're going to need to be getting probably around 2800 a month. That's insane. In to break even. Yeah. And that's just like rough numbers. But yeah, just for a mortgage on a $250,000 house now with the property taxes, how they are and insurance, how they are in our area, you're looking at like a $2,100 a month payment. That's crazy. Massive, dude. massive, massive. Which we just, Sean and I just calculated out too because we got a, a we're, we got approved for like a $500,000 house loan three years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And it was only. I think it's $2,800. Yeah. Only $700 more for a house twice as much. Yep. That's insane. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, even, but think about that though. Say we would have done that. Think about what those property taxes would be at now. Oh, God, yeah. You know, I mean, if if you were figuring, because those property taxes were probably like $5,000 a month. Mm-hmm. You, and if they bumped that up by 40%, boy, would we be in a world of hurt. Well, that's why like uh, a lot of famous people get in trouble. Because they uh, spend a whole bunch of money all at once, and then they don't think about the fact that you have to pay taxes on all of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you may own a $2 million house and not have a house payment, but your property taxes are going to be through the roof. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Sean and I have even, like, looked at getting some, like, obviously not anytime soon, but we'd like to think about the future, so we've looked at, like, some million dollar houses in florida and along the coast and whatnot and just seeing how much property taxes are on those houses oh kills me on the inside because it's like a person's like yearly salary yeah you have and to just be, property taxes yeah you have to be very wealthy yeah very very, very wealthy, wealthy on that shit um so that's i i mean obviously something to keep in mind right that makes sense if you just like buy it outright like just paid the two million in cash and then there's no way you're not making 40000 uh off of Airbnb on a big mansion like that. Yeah, but I mean, that's the worst fucking investment ever if you're not getting a return on your $2 million you just spent. I mean, it depends, uh, I guess, how much. Yeah, you got, I don't know. Anyways. Because I think those, like, rents were, like, four grand a night or some shit. Some of them were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, some of them were. So what, you have to, four grand a night. If you did what a hundred nights, that's four hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Sounds too bad. Very expensive house. Oh like hell yeah! Multiple, multiple millions. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so I don't know if that helped at all. That might have helped. Hmm. Our talk. Our talk. Our Twitter episode. I don't know. I hope so. It. Sure. Uh, like Sean, we'll say it again because why not? Just get it in your head. Make sure you're looking at uh, what property taxes are. Sean and I prefer, or I preferred our house on Robin Road because it was technically Chippewa County. Well, it wasn't technically. It was in Chippewa County, and our taxes were quite a bit lower because it was a different county. So make sure you're looking at what count, what the county's taxes are versus um, city taxes. And uh, I think 
long term, Shauna will probably live in Chippewa County um, and probably not the city of Eau Claire just because taxes are so much lower. And no offense, I don't really want to pay for people to live for free that don't need to Um, because taxes are just going to keep raising if they want to keep doing that. Nor do I want to pay for these shitty schools that are teaching kids not any of this. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just good to keep in mind uh, insurance, like Sean said, is going out. Some insurances don't even cover some stuff anymore. We had a sewage backup in one of our houses and uh, found out our insurance doesn't cover that. So, that was fun. Yeah. It's life. Um. And would you say they they stopped covering houses with uh, wood burning fireplaces? Some places do, yeah. Yeah. A so lot of insurance companies do. Mm, so expect more for all those. Uh, if you have a rental, I'd highly suggest having your tenants pay for electricity. So like as soon as you have a new tenant come in there, have them pay for electricity yeah. and gas. Oh yeah, they should be paying for most of as long as utilities are split. Or get rubs to split the utilities. Mm. Um, I think it's a really good idea. Yeah, I um, I actually talked to a lady who had a portfolio in Eau Claire. Nothing crazy. I think it was like a $2 million portfolio. It's pretty pretty good. all right. Yeah. But I was chatting with her, and I'm like, why do you want to sell? She's like, I would, I'm sick of Eau Claire's property taxes. She's like, I'd rather go in the surrounding areas where the property taxes aren't so high that I'm not paying property taxes for just dumb shit. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because yeah, we, I mean, it even like tells you on your property taxes like what some of the money goes for, like towards. Yeah, just dumb shit. We're paying to, for CBTC. We're paying for... Um, oh, when The you, university, too. Yeah, the university. We're paying for all the schools that are around. Yeah. Um, and uh, why can't I think? Oh, Eau Claire has the stupid wheel tax as well. So when mm. you register a car, you're paying, I think it was like $60 more in Eau Claire. It's, it's 30 Is it $30? $30 for wheel tax per vehicle mm. yep. every year. Um, Compared to Chippewa County that we did not pay that. like. Right. And Chippewa roads were fucking plowed better than Eau Claire's roads. Yeah, so it's not, these numbers aren't crazy. Mm-hmm. But but when you add them all up and when you look at all the other areas we're being taxed mm-hmm. and then per the topic, when you look at what you're receiving for rental income, these little numbers add up. Yeah. When you add in your insurance going up by 10%, your property tax going up by 20, 30, 40%. And then it that like those alone do big hits. Mm-hmm. And then if you have any properties coming up for like because because some people are coming up on their five-year term to to do new new rates for their properties yeah and if you if you bought a property you know expecting to be around like four or five percent interest and you're coming up on your right now it's like seven and a half percent interest it's gonna hurt yeah it's gonna hurt a lot of people so it's like these numbers aren't big but add them all up for your little income you're getting on your on your rent and now it's a big deal because now you're negative. You're covering it yourself. Mm-hmm. Now let's say you have, at scale, 10, 15, 20 properties that this all happens to. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
now we're not just now this little number that might have affected us or like didn't really affect us on like one or two rentals, you know, maybe it's taken 150, 200 bucks per rental from us instead of giving us that. Yeah. Well, what if we do that at scale? What if there's 20 properties and now we're paying negative 200 for 20 properties, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Per month. Well, now we're in a, we're in a pretty bad spot. Yeah. And so it's just something to like keep an eye on and think about as you're like going through this. Um, these these little numbers can affect you a lot. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, because it's so expensive to buy a house, people are renting. Yeah. People got to rent because yeah. they can't afford to buy a house. And so if people to go buy a house is going to cost them $2,100 a month, well, they're probably going to rent from you for $1,500, $1,700 a month. Right, yeah. And so if you did your numbers right... And you need twelve hundred dollars a month, but you get to charge sixteen, seventeen hundred. You're doing pretty fucking good. Yeah. So I mean, there's definitely like the other side to renting that we are in a situation where it's actually probably going to work out for you. And if your shit's raising, pass it along to your tenants. Yeah. And yeah, to an extent, I mean, like if you're the only property in your area and you're charging fifteen hundred when everyone else is charging eleven hundred, eh, good luck. Yeah. But yeah, it's something that it, it, and it's, it's side. Yeah, it's just so interesting too. Like with Eau Claire, they there's some brand new like studio apartments for like twenty one hundred dollars right now. Uh-huh. It is ridiculous. But people pay it, especially people from the cities. Yeah, that are used to paying more. So I mean, dude, it's all like demand, right? Yep. Everything's demand. Run your numbers. Make sure your numbers are right, and uh, rent. Rent it out. Yeah. Enjoy it. Get or it done. It, whatever. Make it work. Cool. Or pass along and wait for the next one. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I got, John. Sweet. Hey, guys. Check us out on the YouTubes. We got a new office set up because Sam cleaned. Um, and then I never post on Instagram, but Sam does. I do. There's a cute photo of me, me today. You'll probably all miss it by tomorrow. But Yep. Sweet. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on Friday. See you.